Well, hello to everyone. Um, I have everyone uh, uh, muted, and we'll um, give you an opportunity to ask questions uh, as, we, as we go along. Uh, so this is uh, Tuesday, July 23rd, 2013. This is uh, the third Three Principles Institute Town Hall Seminar, and I uh, want to welcome everyone. And uh, if you want to ask questions, um, you uh, hit star two, and I will unmute you, and then we'll we'll uh, you'll be able to ask your questions. But to start with, if you've heard the other other seminars, I do have some information I want to present to people, and um, and then we'll uh, see what questions um, we have uh, with the time remaining. Uh, so this is a 60-minute, an hour-long teleseminar. And so welcome to everyone. Um, I know a lot of people coming on right now. So I want to welcome you all. You're all muted. And I'll tell you again when we're ready for questions, how, how to ask questions. So we'll get started. Um, today's teleseminar is, is a bit different from the first two in that you really won't be focused on presenting the principles of mind, thought, and consciousness. If you're interested in those, you could um, go to the website, uh, org and go to the community page, and you can listen to the first two teleseminars. Today's topic, really interesting one, um, that I entitled uh, A Daily Dose of Listening and Forgiveness Makes for a Happy Relationship. And this is, re- this is a really interesting topic because um, I heard it first in talking with my colleague Robert Causen about 30 years ago as we were listening to Sidney Banks and learning ourselves the principles. And he mentioned, you know, that's a, you know, it's really important daily to, the the best ingredients for a happy relationship is forgiveness and listening. And I was a little puzzled by that at first because I thought, particularly with forgiveness, um, you just look at somebody's action, an action, you know, in the past and try to work your way to forgive that action if it was hurtful to you. Um, I didn't see that it was a daily thing that would be helpful. And I thought at that time I was a good listener and then as we developed our understanding of listening through the principles, I realized that, wow, there's a lot to listen. So I want to just share these two topics with you today and then uh, open it up for questions. So um, what's this thing about uh, forgiveness? Well, the principles, they're always working the same way. There's no variation in the fact that thought and consciousness manifest to us to to make our thinking look as a reality. But the actual thinking we engage throughout the day changes. It it has different qualities all day long. And we're all the same in that, in that um, we can start the morning and feel good and maybe by the afternoon feel stressed out, exhausted, uh, bothered. So that whole, uh, our whole reality of, of life, our whole experience of life can change throughout the day. And it's really the understanding of this that leads to what I'm calling forgiveness. Because forgiveness really is 
forgiveness is really an understanding of how the principles play out in people uh, throughout the day. And uh, so what that means is, is that that person you're in a relationship with is not going to be in the same state of mind all day long because the thinking they're doing changes. The quality of that thinking changes. And when their thinking becomes kind of stressful or um, bothered, troubled, filled with worry, um, in a bit of a... Uh, you know, critical thinking, analytical thinking, people, the way people are with other people, including the way people respond to you, changes. So when people are in more what I would call troubled thinking, the quality of their thinking is troubled, they're stressed, uh, they're annoyed, uh, they're um, worried, they don't act so well. In a way, their worst characteristics show themselves. So people will act uh, short-tempered. They won't listen well. They'll be inconsiderate. They're rigid in their way of going about it. They they lose flexibility. Um, And really, it's all about people being driven by the quality of thinking that's going on within their own mind. And this is true about everybody. It may not be the same kind of characteristics that happen, but you can see it for yourself. When you're kind of caught up in thinking that you could call trouble, you're you're really not at your best in relationship to other people. And it is the understanding of this that um, really leads to forgiveness. It means really that if you understand that uh, a person is being rude to you or uh, inconsiderate or uh, short-tempered, all that we can attribute to to kind of like negative behavior is really coming from uh, the troubled thinking they're in. It helps you not take it personally. And when you don't take it personally and you have understanding for what's really going on within them, it's easy to forgive it. It's easy to take it in stride, which is a wonderful thing to do with people, people's behavior that comes from their being caught up in troubled thinking. So that's the understanding that really is helpful in terms of of forgiveness. It's really seeing that people, given the thinking that is being created in them at the moment, in the moment, can only call it can only act according to their their thinking. And if they're acting in ways that are hurtful to you or bothersome to you or discouraging to you, um, you can rest assured they're in this kind of troubled thinking and it's being created as a reality for them. They're living in that. So I'll give you an example. A coaching client of mine uh, was, was... talking to me about how he got so bothered by his wife the night before our, our session. And uh, when they le- when they both left for work uh, that morning, they decided, well, we're going to have a, a fun night at home. We're going to have dinner at home and, and watch some movies on Netflix and just enjoy our evening together. And so he was thinking about that the whole the whole day. And it was helping them deal with, you know, the kinds of work, the demands of work. You think, oh, man, when I get home, we're just going to have some fun together and enjoy each other and 
and have a nice dinner and watch some movies together, you know, maybe cuddle. So all of that was on his mind. But when he got home, his wife was uh, laid on the couch in pajamas with a blanket over her head and very unavailable. And he just got really reactive to that. He had an opinion about it. He started to think that this that his wife should not be this way. What happened to the plans they had for the evening? Couldn't she rise to the occasion? And uh, so he brought that to his coaching session with me to see if he could uh, learn some something about that. And so we talked about forgiveness in this way, that, you know, really uh, um, what was probably going on for his wife is that she was caught up in some trouble thinking. She either got exhausted from the day or she was stressed out or she got worried at work. Something like that went on in the change in the thinking that was being created in her as we thought. And she was living in that reality as she's home. And so living in that reality of her trouble thinking, this was the best solution she could come up with and that is to just kind of withdraw within until you know, her mood changed. Um, and he had understood the principle that he could really get some realization about this. That's really how this works. If you have a realization that that's all, that, that, that's all that's happening is that your partner or a co-worker or boss is just caught up in a way of thinking that's creating, uh, I don't know, just, you know, uh, distressing behavior or hurtful behavior or something like that that you could take personally and then get offended by or, or hurt by. But if you have an understanding that really they couldn't do anything better than what they're doing right now, given the reality they're living in, given their thinking, that helps you keep from losing your bearings in the midst of that. And so... He had a realization during our coaching session that that was going on with his wife. He really saw that to be the truth. That's why she was the way she was and could not be uh, fun-loving like she wanted to be uh, when they left for work in the morning. He saw that in the session, and then he started to realize that, you know, uh, know, he got over it and she got over it, and by uh, the day that he came to see me, she had been talking to him about... The, the fact that she went to work that day, that they had time to have a fun evening, and two people had called in sick. There was a lot of work to do. Uh, one of the people that called in sick that she was managing always does it. And so she got caught up in a lot of stressful thinking. And then, um, you know, there were more demands at work, and it really became very stressful thinking for her. And then she got exhausted. And uh, so when she got home thinking about having fun and watching movies was the farthest thing from her reality. And all she thought about was, well, man, I just gotta, I just gotta take care of myself and, and, uh, and, and take a nap here. So with his realization and him being able to tell me this, um, he was able to see beyond the behavior that his wife's stressful or troubled thinking was creating in her. And when you can see beyond the behavior to where it's coming from, you get an understanding that helps you forgive it. You don't 
think about it in a righteous way that you deserve somebody to be better than they are because you realize that that because of the principles, a person can't be um, better than the thinking they're in right now. And so it helps you wait for that thinking to pass. You start to find your own way to keep your bearings in the midst of somebody who is an insecure thinking, worry thinking, uh, stressed out thinking, bothered thinking. And that that understanding allows you to forgive. I know I was consulting to a group of nurses about the principles and they were talking to me about one of the staff persons who's always, always, always volunteering to help, is always in a good mood and and um, came to work one day and was just in a really sour, sour mood, bickering with everybody and uh, complaining and not wanting to really see patients and and the supervisor, knowing the principal, was able with her understanding that this must be coming from some really troubled thinking, was able to approach the person with understanding. And what she discovered was that her son, who uh, lived uh, in another state, had been in a serious auto accident the night before. And this nurse, who came to work because of dedication, but was in a very, very troubled state. And so the supervisor who, who I've been mentioning in the principles was able to help this woman settle down, take it easy in the day, I really allowed her, gave her permission to go home. So this understanding that people's, what I would just call, to call it anything, negative or upsetting behavior toward you is really coming from the quality of thinking that they're in helps you keep your bearings and have a realization that might be able to help the situation. So once I saw forgiveness coming from reading and understanding for how the principles play out in people, I saw that really in the day, particularly with your loved ones, but at work with people you see uh, weekly, you know, daily, every week, your co-workers or your boss, they're in the same boat. And uh, your way out of getting troubled by their trouble thinking is having a realization for how they're operating, their behavior toward you is really coming from troubled thinking. And so that's how I saw you can forgive each thing. It really isn't a strategy. It's an understanding. And the understanding can come to you in a forceful way, but as you begin to look at people this way and yourself, you can begin to realize during uh, your interactions with people and as you might get a bit reactive to them, it will occur to you, wait a minute here, they're just caught up in some trouble or stressful thinking. That gets your bearings back and you have forgiveness. Forgiveness really is just an understanding that people call it, call life, call the moment with you the best they can given the quality of thinking that's going on. And uh, so then when I saw this through my my learning of the principles, I saw what Robert Cousin meant that you can, you know, that one of the most helpful ingredients for a relationship daily 
is this forgiveness, this bringing understanding to bear rather than your, an emotional reaction from your righteousness or your judgments or your opinions that this shouldn't be the way somebody treats you. So that's what I meant by that piece. And so what I want to do is um, just share with you the listening piece and then open it up for questions. Because I think these are two ingredients that as you can be reflective about them, and try to see how the principles through thought and consciousness operate, uh, you will find yourself being able to have more understanding for other people and yourself. And it is the understanding that leads to uh, forgiveness and a closeness with a human being. So listening is a big thing. It's, a, it's really a powerhouse. It's really the main ingredient for closeness in a relationship. And I coach uh, and mentor a lot of three principles practitioners and have done so for the past 30 years. And I'm offering that a lot more these days. Um, and, uh, you know, how it is with every practitioner, whatever health field they're in, everybody, including me, when I started, thinks you're a good listener. But when we really look at listening and uh, how listening brings about a presence, people start to see, oh, no, you know, I really am listening a lot to my own thinking. Sometimes when I'm uh, working, you know, my, uh, my, uh, my three principles practitioner say, sometimes when I'm working with a client, I'll start to get bored or I will start thinking, man, um, I've got to get out of here. This is, looks like it's taking too long and i got to go grocery shopping or... They start to have an opinion of the person or categorize the person. Now, this is pretty human to do this no matter what your work is. But this is a, but, but there's a quality of uh, thinking we're, we're listening when actually we're listening very subtly to our own thinking about the client. And so the first piece of listening is really taking a look at quieting down another, another degree how to really let go of your own personal thinking about a client or about a person in your life that you're in a relationship with and try to get yourself quiet. Sydney Banks has a wonderful tape on quiet listening and um, also has a brief video on that in the Three Principles movie site. And you could take a look at that, but Really what that means really is that you want to listen um, without um, listening to yourself. Getting quiet and present means that uh, you just really try to hear the other person rather than hear yourself. My experience of that and some of the three principles practitioners as they catch on to this, talk about how they could sit with clients and really uh, be outside of themselves. They're not really involved with, with thinking about themselves at all. They're really trying to get to know the other person. Now, personal thoughts come in, but they are, you know, you can't stop that, but you can realize that that's going on and, and uh, let them go and get yourself back to really in person. So I work with practitioners a lot and it takes um, it takes a few meetings to really get a sense of this quiet 
listening. But that's the one piece of listening that's really helpful. But the other piece that I have come to value very deeply um, is this is this listening I talk about, where I, I talk about it in the sense that you listen for the humanness of the other person. So you get quiet, but you really try to find the human condition of the other person that's talking to you. You really try to hear, what are they up against? How is it that they would put their thinking together to act this way or to feel this way or to have this as an issue for them? And um, this is a lifetime of learning. I caught on to this listening about, I don't know, I don't know, 28 years ago, and I'm still learning to get better at this. One of the vehicles that really helps you in a relationship with um, your clients or with people in your life or your loved ones is to Try to hear what they're saying neutrally and see if you're you're really looking to explore with them in your own way internally what are, what's going on there what's that about what Where are they really coming from? How is it that they go about life in this particular way and you're not doing it to show them something. You're not doing it to show them how right you are, you know. We're going to get there. And, I, and when we get there, you're going to see how wrong your way is. Because you don't want to, you, you know, that is really not in your consciousness at all. You really want to see humanness. And you know you get there because when you see it, what I call seeing it, when you realize their humanness, you will see that you may not think about it the way they do, but you could understand that if you did, you'd do the same thing. You would do the same thing in the human condition. You just don't think the same way they do, but you would see it the same way. So I was coaching uh, uh, another client about, again, a relationship issue in his life, too. And um, he was talking about, you know... um, uh, you know, he was, he was really making an effort to listen better with his wife. And um, he really tried to um, reflect on listening to her beyond the words, to try to really explore in himself, understanding where she's coming from. So I'll tell you the story he told me. There was a behavior he really got reactive to when uh, that she would uh, she would do when 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 they were a little troubled by something she would get very very quiet and inaccessible and did not want to talk about the issue at all and he felt insecure so he wanted to talk about it uh, but when he when in working with me and my coaching work with him he started to lessen his insecurity and wanted to move more toward understanding her, her way, 
And her way was to get quiet and inaccessible and not talk about things when uh, something bothered the two of them in their relationship. So one day, he felt very neutral about this. And so he wanted to explore it with his wife. He wanted to know her on this issue. He had nothing on it. He did not have an opinion. He did not want to prove her wrong. He wanted to know her. So what came to him was to help her. Um, be a, so this is the first thing he's telling me that came to him was that i got to help her be at ease because usually when I want to talk to her about this, I'm critical. So he's, he told her that he's not critical, he's not being judgmental. He just wanted to have an understanding. And so they got okay about that. And so he said, you know, you just get quiet. Um, when some, Sometimes when we get into a trouble, troubling issue and you, you're not accessible to me, you don't want to talk about it. I just want to understand what's that about. It will help me. It will help me know you more. And, you know, so he was telling me, you know, they didn't work getting anywhere because she didn't really know much about that except that that helped her. It helped her if she could just think it through on her own. He says, okay, that makes sense to me, but I'm wondering anything else. Where did it come from, you know, because in your family, everybody else is not like that. Where did, well, how did that happen for you? And uh, so they kept talking, and because he really was there neutrally wanting to know his wife with nothing personal on it, she relaxed even more and, and, would exp- and, and was open to exploring in herself. And, um, you know, they're going along. They're talking now about 15, 20 minutes. And, uh, and he said, he's feeling really warmly. And all of a sudden she says, you know, I remember that when I was a child, I had to be in the hospital for three months. And uh, what, here's what, so she's saying to him, here's what's coming to me now about it is that I realized that to survive there, I had to rely on myself. There isn't anybody else I could rely on. My parents couldn't be there 24-7. My friends couldn't show up. And after a while, my friends stopped showing up because it was so long. And I started to see, in order for me to survive, I had to think this through myself. I had to find the resources in me. Well, when he heard that, he just completely saw the humanness. He saw it had nothing to do with him. She wasn't being quiet and inaccessible to bug him in any way or to get at him. She was using this way that she's learned her whole life. And with that, he had complete acceptance, total acceptance. And uh, what he said was, the other piece to this kind of listening was that I felt com- truly, truly connected to her. I felt an intimate connection. And they felt very, very close. And that whole thing being an issue went by the way- wayside. That connection of listening changed both of them. And she was able to um, be more available for him. And he didn't, it didn't matter. 
it didn't matter to him at bit. And he just let her be herself. So the whole thing shifted. But the thing I learned through the years, and this isn't unique to this coaching client. It just happened this week with this client. But I've seen as I've worked with people with this listening that this this listening brings intimacy. It brings a feeling of connection when you really hear the humanness of the other person. And sometimes you can hear it without the other person talking about it. On the uh, videos that are available, I talk about that. On the videos that are available on the Three Principles a movie's website about me that I that I mean not about me but that I shared here but I also have shared it in the new Michael Neal videos that are available on his site I'm going to try to make them available on my um, Three Principles Institute Facebook site but I share a story of how I had a complete connection to my boss through my just understanding her humanness. And I saw the humanness because I was, I listened to her in this neutral way and tried to, to see what, what, what could be going on that she's acting this way. Um, but, but that's the piece of the listening ingredient that you can do daily. And it makes for a happy relationship. You know, people always talk about wanting their relationship to have more intimacy. But the intimacy that people are really looking for is is not physical. Physical, I mean, is the effects of physical is the effects of of a spiritual understanding. This understanding is really spiritual. It's formless. It comes to you as a realization of a deeper meaning of humanness. Now, when you see that, you're intimate because when you hear the human condition condition of another person, you really are in the connection of mind. Mind really says we're connected to all living, all living. And when you listen deeply and hear the humanness of of another person, you feel that connection. You're always connected, but now you feel it because, see, your own personal thinking has gone silent. And you have really gone beyond yourself and have realized another person. Of course, you realize that person through thought. You must do it through thought. But it's at a very deeper level. And you feel intimate. You feel connected. So so all of the complaints you have go by the wayside because you have this intimate feeling of connection. And you could understand another human being acting the ways they do, having their ways, because you see where it's coming from, an innocent human condition. So this listening is very, very powerful, very powerful. And when I coach people and coach practitioners, there's, there's, you, you know, it's all the same, but I usually help them in two ways of first learning about getting a sensitivity to being quiet in the mind, but also uh, then going on this exploration to find where this person's coming from, the human condition behind a person's way. 
So that's what I meant in the title of today's teleseminar by having a daily dose of uh, forgiveness and listening. You put that into your daily uh, living with someone and it's going to lead to, you know, a happy uh, a happy relationship. That's what I meant. So I hope um, that was helpful to you. It's a brief presentation of these two uh, ideas, which are really the result of God, aren't they? When, when you forgive, that's really coming from realization and understanding, and that's thought coming through you. And when you're able to really hear a person deep, that's still coming to you, but it's coming, I don't know, from a deeper feeling, I guess, rather than your usual ways of thinking. So um, that's what I meant and um, wanted to just give you um, a brief presentation of those two ideas that are really the ideas or the principles playing out. The principles are always, always, always playing out the same way. Thought and consciousness always allows you to manifest your thinking in a reality you live in moment to moment. Um, they don't vary. That doesn't vary. But, but what you think varies. Anyhow, um, so, um, so what I want to do is just check in with people if anybody has any uh, questions and uh, if you have a question press star 2 and I will uh, uh, unmute you and uh, you, you can talk from there so feel free any any questions here we go is this uh, Gilberto uh, this is Eric I oh. don't know how many people Press star two. Oh, no. Um, okay, you came up as a different name, Eric. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> it uh, came up as Gilberto? Yeah. Well, that's interesting because uh, I've been getting all these calls from uh, telemarketers for someone named Gilberto. <laughs> I don't know why that is. <laughs> this is... <laughs> Well, this is good because, you know, you might want to, well, good, if you could check on your phone number. There's something about it that's coming up uh, with another person. Yeah, I guess I need to call my phone company. Um, but anyhow, what did you have a comment or question? Yeah, I have uh, a question. Um, I, I appreciate that idea about, um, uh, you know, uh, understanding the state of mind of someone whose behavior is troubling. Um, I've had some situations lately where, though it seems like it's specific to me, uh, for example, yeah. um, I had a copywriting, freelance copywriting job, and I wanted to get advice from a copywriter at the co-working space I go to, and she she helped me. Um, but later on, uh, another, like a week later or something, a couple times I tried to engage her in just friendly talk, um, you know, when I got there. <clears throat> and she was very abrupt and would say, well, I have a deadline. And I put her, put her headset on, her headphones, um, earbuds. 
But then a while later, someone she knows from the space, who's another copywriter, came up, and they started chatting and, you know, talking about a party and going on and on and on. So her seemed like her abruptness for not wanting to talk to me was specific to me and not a general state of mind, it seemed. Um, and a similar situation uh, with the company where I, I do a lot of contract work for in their office, he's brought in a uh, his ex-partner and a new project manager, and I'll say things, and they tend to just dismiss or reject what I say, and um, it doesn't seem like, I don't know if it's a competitive thing or like an office politics thing, but it kind of plays into my sense of, you know, insecurity, lack of confidence, like um, uh, these kinds of situations, and um, so I started thinking, okay, how should I behave with this copywriter woman? Was I lacking in confidence? Was I too uptight? I just don't know what's going on. <laughs> but it makes it very difficult to then go and talk to her because I'm feeling, you know, even more kind of, well, how is she going to behave? And does she have some sort of problem with me? Um, uh, why is she friendly to this other person or people and not me. Um, exactly, yeah, yeah. And I don't really well, want to get into it with her because yeah. God knows where it could go. <laughs> yeah, well, that's wise, you know. So let's take a look at this because it's really, really connected to the points of today. And I thought it's really wise of you. Uh, I think it's really great that you you don't want to go through the um, exploring of this when you're affected by what you have seen. So that's really wise. I mean, when you see that you've got thinking that you're manifesting that's kind of um, impacting your um, strength, you know, you, you, it's knocking you off your bearings, that's not the time to go. And yeah. So that's, that's wise. But look, the principle hold, you, you can't get away from the principle holding. And that is, you know, a person who is abrupt, let's just say it's abrupt, uh, for that person to say, you know, I gotta, I'm, I'm busy and I gotta put my headphones on. How many of us in our lifetime haven't come up against someone like that? And the principle still holds that they're in pressing thoughts. They're in some kind of thinking that has them worked up or reactive or feeling pressured, you know? It must. It must. Um, because well, why, is, what, why does it seem specific to me and not someone else that comes along and talks to them a short while later? Well, you know, that's, I mean, um, so today, I don't know about that. I mean, it it may not be. You you know, you're, we're all left. We're thinking about about it in terms of a personal way, or trying to find some understanding for it, you know, uh, outside of making our own assumptions about it. And so we're either left with trying to understand a person's, um, I don't know, a person's. I, I'm just going to call it negative behavior uh, to kind of use it to kind of look at all of it. We're, we're either left. With to our own devices to try to understand it. That means we make our own assumptions about it. 
we could take it personal or we could say it's something about them or, you know, whatever. Or we could try to find out, and it doesn't guarantee you will, but you can try to find out by um, gaining, by going for understanding. So, um, so my guess is that whatever happened between your approach and the other person's approach, that person's quality of thinking changed. And um, I don't know. You know, sometimes um, we have someone at work that we do things with socially. So when we're in a bad that space and they come up, somehow that changes our thinking a bit. And, you know, but, but for her to be available to somebody else, again, the principle is the same. Her level or her, her quality of thinking had to shift a bit. Now, um, it may not be that this is the place you want to go for understanding, but in order to find out what happened uh, and really know what happened, you have to go to try to listen with understanding. Uh, so, yeah, it seems like uh, they had more of a relationship with this other person and not much rapport, and my behavior wasn't exactly building rapport. That's, uh, that's the only thing I can figure out, and I pretty much just have to be secure and confident in myself, and eventually it will work itself out, I suppose. Well, I think that's really wonderful what you came to. I think that's the, you know, we go back, when we go back to the principle, it might help us see it with a little more clarity and then help ourselves, you know, because, yeah, you know, uh, me too. You know, I'm no different than you. Sometimes um, I could I could see in the workplace, I don't work in a clinic anymore, but when I did, uh, sometimes a staff person's in a bad place and I asked for a chart from, let's say, the administrative assistant, and they were very abrupt for me. And then the next moment, I'm walking away, and the next moment, somebody comes up and they're all cheery, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, what, you know, and I take it personally. But the thing is, is that you have to still see that the only reason that person was abrupt was because they were in a troubled state of mind. They got troubled. They're stressed out or they feel pressure. And sometimes when somebody comes up in front of them and they've had rapport, that shifts. That helps them shift their thinking. They see it, they, their, their thinking gets lighter, so there's kind of an opening from that feeling of pressure. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, you see, and, and that's, so, so that's how it's helpful. And what's a wonderful thing, Eric, about what you could see is then then you could see, well, maybe, I wasn't in my best feeling state either when I went up. And um, if I could go up uh, with with this, you know, what we've been talking about, this listening with understanding, uh, and if I could help, li- and I can help myself listen without getting insecure, uh, again, I thought, I, I want to do that myself. Me too. I want to do that. That's That sets a beautiful stage for a different outcome. And um, so that's the whole that's the whole thing. I mean, with what you shared, that I mean, I, I want to leave room for other people to ask questions. But I love your question, and I think that um, it, it was beautiful all of what you said. And I think the the wise thing too about what you said is like 
We could get insecure by somebody else's level of insecurity, you know. We could take it in our own way because of the way we think and, and get our feelings are born. And uh, so what we want to do is try to get back to neutrality. And one way to get back to neutrality is, uh, is to understand uh, that another person acts towards us from a state of thinking. And when they look rude or they're not listening well or they're inconsiderate, it has nothing to do with us. And even if it did, there's a way to talk about it that leads to understanding rather than insecurity. Um, so, so thanks, Alex, so much for bringing that and, and hope our, sure. our, talk, our talk was helpful. I just want to check in and see if anybody else has anything. Anybody else with a question or a comment? We have about another 15 minutes, and I would welcome any other questions. Just press star 2, star 2, and um, we'd love to hear what you're thinking about. Yeah, let's see. Well, we've got a couple of people, so I'm going to, uh, so let's see, I'm going to go here first, and then I'll get to the other person next. Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, uh, who's hi, I'm, my name is Rosie. I'm calling from England. Oh, hi. Hi. And we're going to go to the next person right after you. So, okay. what's your name again? My name is Rosie. Oh, hi. Hi. Um, I have a quick question about um, about making decisions. And um, I've I've been. Um, studying the various people who speak about the three principles for the last year or so. And um, it's definitely helped me in some really quite concrete ways. Um, It shows up mainly as as a kind of more more of a sense of calm and more of a sense of understanding why my head's often very crowded. Um, But now I'm facing... um, a big decision in regard to whether to take some specific work training or not, and um, it feels like a bit of a bit of a crossroads. Um, and I just wondered what advice you had in regard to making decisions generally um, from a three principles based perspective um, and all that that implies. Oh, and all that, and all that I see, and all that implies. Yes. Um, Does that make sense? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that makes sense. I was just listening to you. Um, so, um, well, how the principles help in that is that um, several ways. One is you're, you're dealing with something that's unknown. So there are a lot of habits uh, people have grown up with that um, we have learned to to fill in the unknown. Like what's going to happen if I decide to do this or not, you know, for example. And so the principles help us realize that that we do that, that 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 we're using our own habits of thought to fill in something that hasn't happened yet. So that's that's one thing. So that's helpful because you want to be reflective. You want to um, 
see if you could hear from your own wisdom for its guidance about making your decision. Um, and the more reflective you could stay with it, um, the more you get some new thoughts. Because once you get thoughts about uh, going one way or the other in the decision, uh, you're going to feel the effect of that thing. That's what the principle taught. And you want to stay outside of really thinking, uh, making, having too many thoughts yet about which way to go. And you want, you would like, you want to stay reflective. So one way to stay reflective would be to say, kind of like, just you know, for a second or two, just kind of look within and see, you know, I just need some help here with uh, with with seeing which way to go, and leave it alone, and um, and just kind of look look like that to yourself. Um, sometimes people call that kind of prayer. You know, they say, help me see my way clear with this or the answer. Um, so that's another piece that the principles um, help us with. The third thing is that uh, that uh, Whatever decision you make is is not something that um, I mean how you feel about it uh, really is left up to you're, you're thinking about yourself making the decision and uh, sometimes uh, uh, people make decisions and they get into thinking that they should have made the other one so they're still haunted by the thinking they do about making the decision. Um, so those are some thoughts I've had about making the decision, you know, in the brief time that we have. Um, but, but the main thing around decision is to stay reflective. See if uh, some new ways of looking at what is in front of you to do um, would come to mind that you hadn't considered before. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes lots of sense. Thank you. Okay. And Thank then you. uh one oh you're welcome. And um you know, um so um oh, what I wanna do is just go to the next person. Thank you so much for your questions. Hold on. Hello, is this Keon? Yeah, this is Walker, Council Glee. Oh hi. Yeah, my yeah, my uh my question is that I have a client that who knows uh she is uh paranoid. But she said that if there's a lot of thinking comes into her mind, she mm-hmm. couldn't figure out which one is a paranoid thinking and which is real. And how would I help her to distinguish them? Um because for her, it's like a, yeah. it all seems to be so real to her. I think that's yeah. what the problem with a person paranoid. But for me to look at it, and I can see clearly that certain thinkings are, uh, certain thoughts are, you know, uh, paranoid, and certain thoughts are not. But she said, yeah, now when you talk about it, that I could see it, but day to day, you're not here, and how would I distinguish, you know? Yeah, this is a really great question. You know, it's really great because 
again, it shows the power of the principles in that mm-hmm. when a person gets, you know, when a person gets into suspicious thinking, it looks real. Right. It, really it looks real to them. They're living in it, and it looks real. And to mm-hmm. you, you know, somebody on the outside, you could make a distinction. So mm-hmm. here's so in my work, and see in my work in my work. This is the listening piece that I would add to your question. Mm-hmm. She she asked you a question about herself, mm. and and so I would get curious about it. I'd really want to know why is it difficult for her to distinguish it. Now I can make assumptions. See, I could. In my own mind, in that moment she asks that question, I could go to my own thinking and make a conclusion. But I don't want to go from there. I want to read really right. get get curious with her. Mm-hmm. So, so once somebody asks me a question like that, it's a listening piece. It's not like a teaching piece. It's right. It, it, it's listening. So I would start to ask, well, tell me now what makes it difficult for me. Oh, I don't know, it just does. No, 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 really. I think if we explore this together, so this is me, I'm just kind of role-playing it. If we just explore this together, I think we're going to find something. So tell me, what, now now, um, now you have some understanding of the principles, is that right? Yes, I do. Now, okay, well, what, what point do you know about the principles? Okay, so I know that point. Okay, now, now when you get into your thinking, what, why can't you use that understanding? What makes it different? Mm-hmm. And I would keep at it. I would just keep exploring that until I, the therapist, you, the therapist, really got it. So, so somebody, yeah, I, somebody's, somebody's going to give you an answer. Well, it's because of this. And you really want to make sure that you... So I was, it. yeah... I was sort of asking uh, questions to let her think that, is that true? Is it, no. So then she said, yeah, now when you're asking me uh, questions, I'm beginning to see that I'm paranoid. But when I'm alone, no one is asking me questions. <laughs> so I will. So I say, why can't you ask the same questions that I've been asking you? There you go. Yeah. There you go. And what was the answer? And she said, well, maybe I'll try that because now when you're asking questions within the one or two questions, I'm beginning to see that that is not true. I'm making up. Uh, no. Now, here's the thing. Uh, again, this is the, uh, here's the work. This is, what, this mm-hmm. is the work because you asked her a question. Mm-hmm. You asked her a question. And she says, mm. "Well, maybe, maybe I'll try." But she didn't mm. answer. She didn't answer your question. Mm. She didn't. She didn't tell you why she can't and ask those questions herself. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a that was a brilliant question, and it's right. a great way. It's a great way to start the exploration. Now, mm. sometimes now sometimes it sounds like our clients answer our question, but she didn't answer your question. Right. She didn't go there. So you said, so I would say, well, that's nice. You know, that would be nice if you can give it a try. It's not really about trying. It's about 
and understanding. But let's go back. Can we go back to tell me? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to my question again. Tell me, mm. why is it hard for you to ask these questions when you're home? You really want to know that. Then when it surfaces, you can teach. Yeah, the one time this was a, a one awareness is when I asked, what was it that not asking the same question? She said, I guess maybe that I want to believe my paranoid thinking because that gives me to believe that it's true and then I'm off of something. So had a beginning to understand that mechanism of her thinking to sort of avoiding something. You know what I mean? It's because she wants to avoid something, so she believes in something. But she was saying this is unconscious. Sometimes It's not as conscious. But now after the fact that she's beginning to feel, that must have been the reason. Okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, eventually where I want to get, coming from the mm. principles, where I want to get is where this person realizes that just thought. That's just another, that's another, mm. it's another color or flavor of thought. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it has a, a very, it has a very solid truth value because it's been around for so long. So eventually that's what I, I would hope the realization comes from. And, and what I was talking mm-hmm. today about in terms of listening is that mm-hmm. if, you, if you really listen to wonder, wonder with the person, well, where do they come up with that? Or how do they find that that's difficult? Or Well, you understand the nature of thought. Why isn't it helping you yet? All of those kinds of questions with whatever the person presents to you, if you see whatever they present to you, it's more of a listening piece than it is a teaching piece. In the principles mm-hmm. mode, in the principles mode, uh, other approaches go about it differently. But with the principles, it's really about you want the listening to guide you to a teachable moment. You don't want your uh, your assumptions to lead you to a teachable moment. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the whole thing. Everything, anything she presents to you is kind of ripe for you to wonder about it with her and find a place where you might be able to introduce the principle in the sense of, well, can we talk about how that is thought as well? That's no different mm-hmm. from, from any other thought you've started to realize. Can we talk about it? There? So you get to a point where you see you can teach. So the three principles approach is really more listening-guided. You know, like 80% of the work is listening where... Mm-hmm. Where, where that guidance actually gives you 20% of the teaching. The teaching really doesn't come from you finding the time to tell somebody about the principle. The teaching comes from the listening you've done. Mm-hmm. Well, I, ho- I hope that was helpful to you. Thank oh, yeah, you thank so you much. so much. Thanks so much for yeah. sharing that. Yeah. Well, folks, thanks so much for calling in again. This will be uh, on the website as a recording. I hope it was helpful to you and um, you can go to the three principles institute.org website and go to the community page and download this recording and the other recordings as well. Um, so um, great to have you be part of the teleseminar again this month and hope you'll be part of it uh, 
for August. It's every third Tuesday at uh, noon Pacific Daylight Time. Okay, everyone, have a wonderful month, and uh, we'll be talking together uh, next month. All right, take care. Lots of love to everyone. Bye. Thank you.